Welcome to the We Are Secret Strike Podcast. I am just having an off day today, guys. I'm sorry. All right. Here are your hosts, Seth and Chris. Welcome back to The Hive. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff, and we are back around the table tonight at Roadrunner Law Firm. And we, of course, are going to be bringing you the latest in New Mexico United. On tonight's show, we're going to break down the match against Orange County SC, tell you what you should be looking for next week against, Ar- against OKC Energy, and, of course, we're going to check in on EPL clubs, and we've got a little, so much more to talk about. But before we jump into tonight's show, we do have some housekeeping to get through first. Uh, first and foremost, the song you heard at the top of the show, as always, is was Humor Me by the band California Redemption. If you like what you heard, be sure to check them out on Bandcamp. That, of course, is California with a K. And as always, our show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Roadrunner Law Firm and Doral Motors. And for those of you listening live, of course, you know you can be a part of the show by sending your questions to our text line at 505-377-8706. Well, we are all back, and Chris is back from out of town. We're back around the table. We're all together. To my right tonight, the one, the only Josh. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I got everything fixed. You got everything okay. fixed? We're okay. All right. We're good. Good to know. How was your weekend camping? It was nice. Uh, I went to uh, Red River, New Mexico. Um, just a family trip we always take to Labor Day weekend. Get out of here. Just enjoy uh, the beautiful weather that they had up there. It was 74 degrees all weekend long. I enjoyed every single part of it. Got there, uh, started watching the United game on Sunday, and uh, just started hailing and railing, raining. Power cuts off at halftime. I oh. have no idea what happens. Service up there was eh, so yeah. I couldn't watch it on my phone or anything like that. But it was nice. It was nice to get away. Came back today, and now I'm here with you fine folks. Nice. But, well, glad to have you back. Glad you enjoyed yeah, your weekend. Yeah. So. Boise State won, so I'm, I'm cheering. <laughs> <laughs> right? College football has kicked off in earnest, and we might talk about that a little bit here on the show tonight as well. Sitting across from me tonight, Chris, back from California. How was your trip? It was good, man. It was good. Good. Well, glad to have you back. You got in last night in the middle of the game. Uh, what at what point did you make it to the lab last night? What did you, what all did you catch? Oh man, I got in at five fifteen, so I made it right before the uh, start of the second half. Now uh, you got lucky with all the weather delays. Uh, if not for those, you might not have made it. But uh, that's it. Yeah. So yeah, you got out. So it looks like it looked like you had a good time. We saw a bunch of a uh, bunch of pictures and stuff up on uh, Twitter and across social medias. You and your lady. Definitely, man. I mean, you know, we we're just uh, having a great old time. Yeah, good. Glad to have you back. And of course, you know, is there, is there anything you're sitting here eating some food? I don't know, like what is this? What are you eating? Like you were talking to Josh about it before the show here. That's it. No, man. You know, I just uh, my my parents had bought some tacos from Sprouts, and uh, they left them for me before they took off to take my sister to New Jersey, and they're actually really good. So I made it a point to stop and get some yesterday, kind of on the track to getting myself back into gym fit mode and. Uh, you know, so this is the transition. Very nice, very nice. Always good, always good to you know, get some good food in you. You know, it makes you feel a little bit better. I know I feel the same way. So, now Adria is not with us tonight, but we do have Alicia returning. Alicia, we're glad to have you. And how's, you. How have you been? We're, we haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I had a, things I had to take care of with my family last week, and so I wasn't able to make it. But I, right now, I've just been getting ready for school. School starts mm-hmm. tomorrow. Unfortunately. Oh, don't say that. At least you're, you'll be the one of us with a degree at some point. So. I know. Hopefully here soon. <laughs> well, good. We're glad to have you. I mean, did you get out to the match this weekend? or? Yes, I yeah. did. I was there at the United tailgate in the morning. Oh, my God. It was so hot. And then I was mm-hmm. sitting in the supporters, and there was no shade. I, I was dying. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had tweeted out because I, I had it out there um, a little bit before before the match started, and yeah, I said the same thing. It, it's hot. Like if you're coming out, you know, wear wear hats, sunscreen, yeah. whatever. Stay hydrated, you know, because it's just one of those things. Especially with the dry heat, it's hard to know, mm-hmm. especially just how much it's going to affect you. And yeah. I, I think we saw a little bit of that, not not only in the stands, but also in the play on the pitch. But we'll yeah, get into that. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that kind of played a factor? Well, I think so too. And the fact that they only had one hydration break kind of mm-hmm. bothered me. I think they should have had more, considering how hot it was. Well, do you think maybe that was partly because of the weather delays? That they only did the one hydration break? I don't know. The only hydration break that they did was in the first half, and right. there was no weather delays in the first half. So yeah, but they didn't. You know, they did have the extended halftime, then there was the additional mm-hmm. uh, weather delay in the second half. So I don't know. Maybe they used. They thought because of that, they didn't need it. I don't know. Who knows what these referees are thinking? But uh, I mean, it was. Let's 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 stop burying the lead. I mean, it was a rough rough day yesterday. Um, you know, we came out flat to start the match. We came out flat again to start the second half. I thought defensively we played really well in the first half. Uh, other than a mistake by Juan Pablo Guzman, there really wasn't a poor instance for us defensively. Uh, nothing came of it. I mean, it went to halftime, nil nil draw. Uh, we had a couple ch- chances early on. I thought Bees looked great in the first half. Two really good looks. And then after the extended halftime, we come out and we give up two goals within 15 minutes. I mean, they both happened within three minutes of each other. And honestly, on both of them, you know, it's we had defensive lapses. Like, guys were caught out of position. Gave up the two goals. One to uh, Van, Wolf, uh, Van Wolfberg, I think. Van Wolfgang. Make sure I have his name right, Van Wolfgang. And then the other one was uh, um, uh, Michael, sorry, name is eluding me at the moment. If anyone can help me out with that. Seaton. Seaton. Michael Seaton got the second goal. And I, mean, I, I don't know. We couldn't put anything in. I mean, I know there was, I, I rewatched the, the match for a second time um, after, before I put up my recaps and I mean, there's some stuff that happened. Like I just I don't know. Like you know, I, I was I was chatting with uh, Dylan from Orange County uh, from the Orange and Black Soccer Cast uh, during the match, and you know, now he he was asking me about um, our fans booing when Orozco went down with it with the head injury. I mean, watching the replay, yes, he took a ball to the face. Should it have taken as long as it did? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I kind of said to him, I said, you know, if you watch the, the match we had against Los Dos the last time we were here, it just looked like they were wasting time left and right. And I think a lot of, a lot of the fans felt the same way uh, when Orozco went down. You know, that's not to say that we should boo injuries or things like that, but I think that's how most fans felt. Um, and then like, we had chances, you know, at the other end, Dev, we thought there was a handball. You know, and said Dev was called for a foul. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's a rough match. I mean, we really desperate. We like we really needed the three points this weekend. Yes, we're not out of it. We are sitting in twelfth place, but I mean, where do we go? What has to happen? I've seen this <clears throat> many times before in sports. I was at uh, the Red River Brewing Company watching this game in the first half, and. Luckily, I was sitting next to another USL soccer fan. He was from Oklahoma City. 
So he was an energy fan, and he mm-hmm. was saying, we were talking about this, and he was saying that, uh, you know, OKC always used to fear us um, of how quick we used to score goals and how fast and how what the intensity used to be like. And I was kind of agreeing with him. I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of a flat game for United. And he goes, well, you know, now I'm not really afraid to play you guys. Yeah. Um, he says, you know, I, 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 everybody talked about you guys in Oklahoma City being the most dangerous club in USL, in the Western Division. Now he said that's Phoenix. You know, Phoenix is going to be the team to beat. But he was saying, you know, we just don't look like we have it together. And that's what's worried me now is for the past few games, who are we? Mm. What's our identity out there? Are we the United team that before the Lamar Hunt Cup was unstoppable, was untouchable? I mean, well, not unstoppable, but like something to be feared. Mm. And now we're just looking at like this team that no one's taking us seriously. I don't know if it's roster adjustments, if it's something in the locker room, but something needs to change and change fast. Because this now I see it happening. I'm seeing stuff written on forums. I'm seeing stuff written on, from the fans. Do they give up on this United team? And that's what's so hard about being a New Mexico fan is we've seen this before. We've right. seen our teams, any team. It could be Isotopes, Lobos. It could be anything New Mexico. They come out firing. We're somewhat of a threat. And then all of a sudden we die down. I'm not saying that the crowd's dying down or anything like that, but I'm saying the intensity and the playing and just the energy levels that we've been seeing from all the teams, it doesn't look to be there. And I don't know if <clears throat> Troy needs to get on these guys a little bit more. I mean, it, it looks to me like even like uh, Tyler was saying it on the on the pot, on the broadcast. What's Kevon Frater doing way back here at certain times mm-hmm. when he's supposed to be way on the other side of the field? Why are these guys over here in this position? And it just looks like we're lost out there. And to me, starting Estrada over, you know, Ken or Bruce, I think was something I maybe would have adjusted. I'm glad they did. But I'm just saying, I don't think you start Estrada first. You need to have a playmaker. You need to have somebody with intensity and wants to be there out on that field first. And I don't know. I I don't know what to say about this team right now. You know, it's just so frustrating. We've been given the opportunities. We've had ten ties, yeah. You know, and now you you come home and you get shut out by an OC club that really shouldn't be in playoff hunt. They're not that good. They didn't look that great out there. We made them look great, and that's what was frustrating me watching this game. Is we are we are way better than this. What is going on out there? What is going inside that locker room that needs to be adjusted? In? And something needs to be adjusted fast because a couple more losses, I don't know if this team has a shot at the playoffs. So you said two things that I want to touch, I want to bring up to the rest of the table here real quick. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the fan support, the atmosphere, the energy. I was sitting in the box, you know, next to some friends of the show, and we were talking about it. You know, I had heard pre- before the show that they were expecting over 13,000 folks. They believed last heard they heard over 13,000 seats were sold. We had just under 13,000 folks there in the stands. It did not feel like it. I mean, it really didn't. We didn't see the same amount of energy from the fans that were out there. Now, yes, it was hot. It was very hot, and that probably played into it some. But I just didn't get the same sense of urgency from the fans and then, again, from the players on the pitch. And, of course, you know, I, I definitely want to get everyone else's opinion on this. And you mentioned Kevon being so far playing so deep. He was, he was dropping back so far. Juan Pablo was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. There were several times during the match where Juan Pablo was dropping all the way back to the back line when he shouldn't be there. 
Like we, again, I mentioned earlier, we had guys caught out of position. And it's like, are we really functioning in the way that we should? So just a couple topics there to, to, to talk about. And what do you guys think? With the being out of position, I don't know if you've noticed too, Suggs is supposed to be in the back line and you see him all the way up top. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, get back there. They need you. They need the speed. And you're somewhat of, uh, of the taller guys back there that they need. So I don't think it's that smart for Suggs to be going all the way up top. Yes, he's good at delivering those balls and crossing them to the middle, but what's more important is eliminating those chances for the other team. Yeah, but so to comment on that, like, I mean, Suggs is, he has always been an attacking uh, defender. I mean, he's always been used that way. He's always been someone to create chances and to bring the ball up. In instances when we didn't have Santi uh, in on the pitch, he was also someone who was able to bring up on that side. So I don't think that my take is that it's, what is he doing up there? Because he definitely did create many chances in the San Antonio game. If you remember uh, in that match, he created three at three crosses. So, you know, if he doesn't come up there, if he's not utilized in that role, then I think you're missing something. Um, when he did go up, though, Yearwood did switch over from being the right back over to the left back, and that's a place that Yearwood played in place of Suggs when Suggs was out. So, I mean, I think that, you know, in that regard, it was okay to see, like, players out of position because we knew that those players had played in those positions before. Um, speaking to like Guzman and, and Freider playing deep, um, it's nice to see them playing defense if that's what if that's the guys on that because usually when they're on the attack they're so far up they don't transition back and then we don't have numbers back, you know, to try to win the ball at the top. So therefore we got our defenders that are always trying to win the ball and of course we know what happens. If they get beat, then it's a 1v1 situation with Cody. So I think it's okay for them to be out of position by this point because they've, they've been battle-tested and they've had to play out of position. We saw that earlier in the year with injuries and, and just lack of experience and people had to come in and play different places. Well, when you've got Juan Pablo dropping back to almost a center-back position, taking on Michael Seaton, that's not a matchup that should be happening. It should be Schmidt or Suggs there in the back, or Tete even, mm -hmm. taking him on in those, in those scenarios. That's where I don't want to see Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo is a defensive midfielder. He's there to make that stop in the middle and then distribute the ball around. He's not going to get chances. He's not going to, that's not, his, his, that's not his, his job in the offense. His job in, the, in his club is to, is to make those defensive stops in the midfield and distribute the ball to guys like Bees or to Santi to get guys in position to make the plays. We know he will build out the back because we know Troy likes to build out the back and bring the momentum forward. So there are going to be those times where when he has dropped back like that, that he's going to be passing the ball back in the back line. You know, uh, again, like when I had talked to Salih like a few weeks ago, he did mention that they are trying to make sure that defenders have options to pass the ball so that they're not stuck, you know, making a bad decision to where they turn over the ball. So, and you bring up a good point, Seth, about Guzman, Guzman not being used um, to create chances or he's not going to be someone who gets them because that definitely is uh, one of the things that has been talked about within the New Mexico United uh, Nation on Facebook is that, you know, hey, we don't need 
Guzman in there if he's not going to create chances. I think people may have a miss. They might have a misunderstanding of what some of the roles of our team are. Well, it's like the discussion we have about we've had about Dev in the past few weeks. Dev is not necessarily going to be the lone striker. He's not going to be the guy up top each and every week. Uh, you know, it's people not understanding what their forte is, especially in this system. You know, I mean, Juan Pablo, you know, 92.5% passer, passing accuracy, 89.3% accuracy in the opponent's half. You know, he's he's making passes. He's getting guys, helping get guys into space. You know, he did create one chance, you know, on Sunday. But, again, that's not his role in the team. Now let me ask you this. Like, how important do you feel it is for someone to be in on the pitch that has a high accuracy on both halves of the pitch when it comes to things like creating chances as far as distributing to other players who will make those chances. Oh, it's or, essential. Right? It's absolutely essential. You know, look at some of the other successful clubs. You know, in any league, you've got guys you know, in the Premier League that they are, their specialty is their defensive midfielders. They're not going to create a lot of chances. They're there to win possession and then distribute the ball to the playmakers, to the chance creators. That's what they're there for. That's why Juan Pablo was part of this club, and he's one of the best in the league at what he does. I think that everyone has this idea that every player is an attacking player, you know, and 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 you see it more so, you know, if I use uh, the English Premier League as just kind of a reference, where they have players that are attacking players, but they have players that are holding mids too. So not everyone is going to be rushing up to the attack, and I think again, like. What would it look like? Imagine this. If we didn't have Guzman in there or if we, we didn't rely on our players who are efficient in passes, if everyone just rushed in, how would that function, do you think? You're going to have you're gonna have balls going over the place. You're not going to see those chances. You're not going to see the chances created that we need. You know, that, that choice. You know, we've, we're creating chances. We are. We're just not converting. I mean, Bees alone had three chances you know, credited to him. Had, they created 10 chances last night. Um, according, according to the USL Championship website, the, the stats that they track, they had three chances created for Bees alone. Well, yeah, just for him. Yeah. But amongst a, a combination of other players, it was 10 total. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, we've got to find the finishing. That's where we've been lacking. <clears throat> Honestly, it's all about intensity and who wants it the most. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think these guys want it right now. They don't, it doesn't feel that way. And... You know Troy is in that locker room talking playoffs. If and honestly, you know, you may not he may not say it that he's talking playoffs, but I would as a head coach be like, listen, guys, twelfth place. I'm going to go Gordon Bombay for a second. Okay, I'm going to quote it. <laughs> Zero two in your home, pathetic. Okay, do you guys want to be here or not? This is the Seton Hall Ducks, this, right? No, this is the D two after the Iceland loss because okay, this is what it felt okay. like. You know they. they it felt like we should have had this one. We were there. We were fighting with them. Zero zero in the first half. You know what went wrong? What did we just get hot? Did, I mean, yeah, it was ninety five degrees outside, one hundred and five on the pitch. Is that the excuse? Can we use that every single time? No. You got to be out. If you're a coach, you got to be like, you know what? You guys may want to go home. Some of you might want to go home early, but I want the playoffs. Yes, we're just a couple points back. But still, if you think the last few games, we should be sitting in fourth place right now. Fourth, not 12th. And 
I don't know. Do we need someone to step up in the locker room? Who needs to be the guy that goes in there and goes, I'm taking over now. Here's what we need to do. Guys, come on. I don't want to be that team that we started in first place four weeks ago. We're in four first place, and then we dropped to not even being mentioned for a playoff hunt. I don't think that... Well, okay, two things. So to address the person stepping up, I mean, I think that you got Tete who's stepping up, first of all. And I mean... We know he's been splitting minutes with Hamilton. Hamilton's out of injury, so obviously that's the selection right there. But well, he was back uh, Sunday, so yeah. And so look at look at the way Tete has been playing in matches. I mean, he's been the extra boot on a lot of instances where a ball might have gone on a frame. Um, so he's had some some big instances there, but not just him. I mean, we know that this club there have always been players stepping up. Now I do hear your also your other point about. You know, not being in 12th and being in 4th. Um, yeah, I don't think we can really blame the temperature on things because both clubs have to play in it and we're and our club is here. So there's no way that we would have a disadvantage to OC coming in. I mean, it's hotter out there. But it's the, the heat in California is like maybe like an 80-degree day in Albuquerque. But now take the heat in San Antonio, which you know of, that's like a monkey on your back, and that's way different, right? And how, how they were matched fit for that, I don't know. But when it comes to the locker room, like, we asked, we asked Troy this yesterday, or yesterday in the press conference. We asked him, is the theme on the night playoffs, or is it one match at a time? And he's still holding true to that one match at a time, because that's all they can really focus on is the next match. You know, they can't get lost in thinking that it's October, as he put it, uh, because then, obviously, they'll lose sight of the things that they have to accomplish. Right. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, too, is this was one of the games in San Antonio, or the two games that we definitely need if we wanted to keep pace with the other teams, make us at least a threat. But, you know, I've been reading in forums a lot of fans saying, oh, it's our first year, you know, give give them a break. You can't say that all the time, though. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm still a diehard United fan. I'll always watch them no matter what. But I don't know. It, to me, it just looks like there's something missing. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's maybe, you know, Hamilton being out. Because you guys notice ever since Hamilton's been out, this team has been kind of on the decline. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just something to think about. But. Well, we missed. We were missing someone in the beginning too. Do you remember in the original Orange County match, we had Madden playing left back and we had Suggs playing center back. We were missing Schmidt that because he had just gotten hurt in warmups before that match, so we didn't have him. Um, but look at the way we played OC in the beginning. Our team was very new. No one knew what to expect. Yeah, we jumped out ahead of this team, and I honestly think. It might go along with what you say in previous weeks, Josh, which is they were having fun. They were in it. It was this brand new thing. And now what's setting in is, okay, now reality is kind of like, okay, if we want to keep this fun going on with our friends, we have to step up. And it's it's twice as hard. Do you know what I mean? But we're not baby New Mexico in this OC match. I mean, you guys pointed out, and I saw the, the highlight reel, the first half New Mexico stepped up. There were some quality chances. Like, there was intense. Like, I think that OC realized that it wasn't just 
New New Mexico. And, and to touch on this last point that you made about like, you know, teams we need to beat, like, like honestly, I think the statement matches are going to be Reno and are going to be Phoenix. Like we know that those teams are hot, but could you imagine you step up and play and win convincingly against those teams? That's going to change the conversation. That, that's a whole different type of statement match. Though. This is against someone that we're in contention for a playoff spot for. Beating Reno or Fresno guys top two, three, they, okay, yeah, it looks great on the resume, but beating someone that's in playoff contention that we are trying to beat out for a spot, that to me is much more important. Against Fresno or Reno, we want a result. We want a, a draw. We don't want to lose. We just want to draw with that. That is what you expect from those matches. Against a club like Orange County, who has struggled at times this year, yes, they are improving, and this is probably the best they've looked all year, you know, leading up to this match, we've got to come out and win this match. That's the statement match that we have to make. Right, so that we can get into a playing spot. I mean, you just... Right now you're sitting at 12th. You're, what, three points behind for the, what, for the 10th spot? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got a one match. You got, you got one match. Okay. Like I said, it's still very close. Anything can happen. Any, any given game can change anything. But, you know... You gotta be take advantage of these gifts that are given to you. you know, San Antonio lost. That should we should have been able to step in and take that this win this week. Jeez, uh, step in and take this victory this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I agree with Seth. These are the statement matches. Yeah, because right now think of it this way: you're you're those two teams are already pretty much clinched the playoff spot, correct? If, if Phoenix is clinched. Phoenix is, but, yeah. yeah, Phoenix is clinched. Reno's most likely gonna clinch. Um, like Seth said, those are the games. Eh, okay, we'll, we'll take them to a draw or a, you know win is nice, but it doesn't mean anything if they're in the playoffs already. Yes, it means because like what happens if we beat them now and in the playoffs they beat us? It's a, you know, it didn't mean anything to beat them in the regular season. You want to beat them in the playoffs. But what does it mean to have drawn with Phoenix already at the beginning of the year when we were not informed? That's the beginning of the year. That's you know, it's the it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So if, if we're going to if we're going to finish like this, I don't know if we have what it takes to make the playoffs. And I hate playing devil's advocate here. Right. Like, I hate playing the other side of the card. But you got to think of it that way. I've seen New Mexico sports for so long, and you know, like I said, we start hot, we're fresh. You know, it's it's kind of like it reminds me of college basketball. You know, we we're the new team, we're the the team that you know given the easy schedule, and then all of a sudden, boom, comes conference play, and we just turn into a different ball club. And like I said, I don't know, but for me, playing high school sports as long as I did, you know, it's, it's about a leadership thing to me. It's always going to be a leadership. Is, is Suggs out there doing what he's supposed to be doing? Is he out there? I know Cody is. I know Cody yells every single game where these guys are supposed to be. But who else out there wants to make this team what it was when we first started? And teams are taking advantage of what we're doing now. I think they saw in the Lamar Hunt Cup how to beat us. Beat us to the goal. Kick the ball, and let's have a running match and see who can get there first. Because I think that's where we're getting beat, is we're playing catch-up to them. And How many breakaways did OC have yet, um, this, yesterday? There was a couple. I know Tyler was saying yeah. that, that there was a couple. We can't be playing like that. We can't be playing, let's go catch them if they kick it deep. Yeah. Okay, That's what's going to wear us out, especially in 95-degree heat. Okay, We don't have time for that. we got to do what they were doing to... <clears throat> And that's let us be the ones that they're chasing. We need to play out there. I don't know. Maybe I'm just 
losing um, my mind. I mean, we've we've got a hand, we've still got eight matches left, most of yeah. which are against clubs below us in the standings. So, and really, we're twelfth on tiebreakers. We're behind. Uh, we're even on points with Sacramento and San Antonio at this point. But looking at the last eight weeks, what do we do? Is there a different lineup we should see? We've talked about the past few weeks. I mean, should we have seen a different lineup against Orange County? Do we need to see something different going forward? Um, well, I gave this idea like to see what you guys think what your ideal lineup would be for yesterday's match and possibly even against OKC. So, Seth, what's your ideal lineup? I, and I, I've said it the past few weeks, you know, bring Dev out, mm-hmm. put B's in there in the ten in the ten spot. Yes, he was very good yesterday, but I think he's been so ten roll. I think it frees him up more to create more chances and make uh, and make more uh, runs into the box. Mm-hmm. And I think him and his creativity and his knowledge of the system at this point in the season is opening up chances for other guys. You know, I, I sent a question, a couple questions out to Daniel Bruce uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I'm working on getting those those out. And he said that Bees is just incredible to play with. You know, that's one of the things he told me. You know, Bees brings such a different look to that. Yes, having Deb and his hold-up ability is, is beneficial, but he hasn't been finishing. He really hasn't. I don't think anyone can, can say otherwise. Like, he hasn't been getting good shots. He hasn't been putting his foot through the ball, uh, you know, trying to just really drive it. And I think that's one thing that needs to change. I think... Um, you know, leave Juan Pablo and have, not having Salia is hurting us. Yeah. I think that definitely is. I think he's a creator there in the midfield and having him and Bees there and, and you know, yeah, I don't think, da- I don't think David should have been in there. Maybe Bruce because I think, I think Bruce has got better movement. Yes, I think David's got a better cross mm-hmm. but I think Bruce has got better movement and he's, I think he's quicker than David. I've never seen the two in a foot race but I think he is. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's what I would do. But, again, I'm not in Troy's shoes. Mm-hmm. So. Would you change any of the back four? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I'm a big fan of Ethan Sampson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, I th- the more I watch, and I've gone back and watched a few things, I think he's matchup dependent. So, like, if we play a club that doesn't really have, like, the wing play like we do, like with Santi, then I think he's a good fit. You know, because he can get out there one on one, and he can drop back in defense, but he doesn't necessarily have the speed that Austin does. Okay. So what Seth is saying is, I still will not be Ethan Sampson in a foot race, <laughs> but he is in fact match dependent. You know, as far as who his speed is, low dose, you would probably say in those matches that Camara uh, obviously beat him off the ball on that one back in transition. So. So to go with Seth's point, I'll, I'll start in the back four since okay. I know you you left. That was the question you put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Seth brought up the fact that Hamilton was back there. My question is, did Hamilton? I mean, it's his first match back, obviously, but he didn't play. Right, and I understand he didn't play, but did he? Did he give a competition? In training, I mean, we don't know this. Did he give him a competition in training this week with Tete, or was he just put on the roster? Again, unanswered un- un- question, right? But 
Back four, I do like Suggs back there. We do know he's going to go up forward. I am fine with that. Uh, Schmidt, I mean, he's he's got a great role as a center back. I mean, if you saw the match yesterday, I'm sure we're getting into, like, the breakdown of the goals. But, like, there was obviously some miscommunication somewhere on the second goal because he was signaling Juan Pablo to, to be somewhere. He wasn't. Um, Schmidt, I like him. For what he brings defensively, I do worry about his transition back onto the defending side. We've seen several instances where he has been beat, and of course that's based on the on the clubs. Still, I, I leave him in there because nine times out of ten, like you know, you can rely on that position. Tete, I do like what he's doing. The thing that worries me about Tete and why I probably would have switched him out for Hamilton if Hamilton was match ready, is. Though he's stepped up and though he's been the extra boot at times, he's been the extra boot at times because of the fact that that was like a last-ditch effort to save something. That means that he was getting beat in those instances. Yesterday, we saw points where Tete played defense. He was definitely, he had his hips wide open so he could go either way and not be juked out. But he was also playing loosely off of the guys. He didn't attack Either, either either instance where he was right there in the thick of things like he didn't go in for it he you know he was reactive and that to me is why I would change him out Yearwood I like him there I mean we know that Yearwood's got handles he's got speed like he makes decisions um, I do like how Troy used him in the left or that he moved to that side um, I didn't like that it left Tete's side kind of exposed knowing that Tete is playing off so you know, to me, I'm taking Tete out and I'm putting Hamilton in again if he's match ready. Um, through the mid, uh, I agree with Seth. Like, Estrada, I do, I have come to understand how Troy is using Estrada on an attacking side. Like, he does create chances. He does have the cross. Um, he is the tempo guy. We do know that, like, you know, that Troy has used him several times. Like, I think about the LA Galaxy match, the first one, or LA Galaxy 2 match, the first one because we were getting beat a lot in the in the back four, and so he put in Estrada to basically chop up some of that fluid movement that LA had. Um, but I like Bruce there. I like Bruce there because I think that we need to have our weapons. Bruce takes players out wide, so he's he, is, he definitely threats, threatens a defensive shape, and I think OC would a bit hard if Bruce was in there. Um, as far as everything else, I kind of like everything else how it is. Um, and that's just me. I, I like... What Sandoval's been doing lately, I think it's a tough break that, you know, that he hasn't gotten some of the calls that we we've all seen clearly in our eyes. So, uh, <clears throat> I was kind of uh, like I said, I was watching the game at the Brewing Company, and you know they had it on the on the screen, and the the shot that Yearwood took, I mean, he had a he had a clear net wide open, and he boots it yeah. fifteen feet above the net. I don't know if it was nerves that he got excited. I got the opportunity to score in here because has he scored all year? Uh, one, I think. I think one. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I understand nerves get to you. You have the net wide open. You kick the ball, but don't NFL kick it. Where just <laughs> I don't know if he got under it or what, but that ball was just off target. And everybody in the in the brewing company was like, "What is he doing?" Like. That was, I think, honestly, that would have been a great opportunity for us to score. And then there was another one where I think it was Sandoval trying to hit it, and it just was not there. Like, it was just, 
Yeah, David had one go wide. Devin had one. Yeah, Santi skied a shot at one point. Like I don't we, know what was going on on going north, but that would I don't know. Austin does not have a goal. Oh, see, maybe that's why he got so excited. <laughs> he had a shot, and it just I don't know. I don't know where that ball went. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was just tough. I mean, and talking about the goals that we gave up defensively. I mean, Austin got beat on the one, and then on the other, you know. Schmidt got nutmegged uh, by uh, by Forrester, who we knew was going to be a threat coming out, and then just he just he didn't have anyone behind him to, to back him up, and Seaton was there unmarked, and it's a high high percentage shot that he took, which is crazy because I mean looking at that that was like a old school give and go like you couldn't help but see the triangle offense there because it was like he set it up up top he passed it. Schmidt was like waving back to Guzman, like boom, get right there. Guzman was like looking around, like what? And then real quick, you see Seaton just getting getting in, in and focus. See that, and see that's where Juan Pablo dropping back. Yeah, I work. agree with you. And, and where Rashid should have shifted over something, Josh yep. went back. I think Rashid point, was too far over. I think at that point Josh had made a run up the up the pitch, so he wasn't back. And so yeah, it's just. But you want to talk about give and goes. You should have seen the goal, the goal uh, that Atlanta United was nominated for, goal of the week. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there it is. Did you know? Did you? I'm serious. Did you see the highlight? Yes. Yes. That's yes, a give yes. and go. Yes. That was a gorgeous goal, and that's exactly what. And these were not gorgeous goals, Seth. Like, like how long did they wait for that to develop? Like, I think we could have eaten a burrito and then came back and still seen the thing developing. It's crazy. Yeah, it took him a while to get in there, but I mean, really, both of them. You know, I heard it said. Uh, I think it was by Tyler on the on the call, like. They're training ground goals. I mean, they, they really, really are. And it's we we didn't even ask those questions. Yeah. And and I got home and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? We had Tete at the table. We had Cody at the table. And you know, it's easy. Cody would take the blame and be like, oh man, I just didn't play it right. But it, I know he has to play the near post and the and the decision he's got to make is near post and then also what's happening on the far post. Yeah. And players standing in front of him and not. If they're not walls. Well, in, in both instances, he did play near post. You know, the mm-hmm. first goal, uh, then Wolfgang went far post. Um, and then um, on the second one, uh, Seaton did go near post, but it got under Cody's arm. Yeah. So uh, he, he, all over. he did what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't blame Cody. I mean, it was, like I said, it was miscommunication in the back line. Um, and coming off of the first half performance that we had, I mean, you know, we had some really good stops in the first half. Cody had that tremendous save in the, I think it was the 23rd. He was coming off his line, making himself big as he could. And, you know, Seton put the ball right into Cody's gut. You know, that was a huge save. Um, I, I think we got shafted on the uh, on, on the foul that Devin was called for. I mean, Dew was out of his box. And clearly that was a handball, right? Yeah. I mean, we saw the same thing. Cause... Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. If Devin hadn't been called, that was a clearly a handball in the box. That's a red card. You know, he's out of there. I mean, apparently they blew the whistle before the kick even took place. Yeah, I couldn't hear it on the. On, on you the... couldn't hear it on the TV, but if um, I, when I watched the instant replay, if you turn the volume up pretty good, whoever their sound engineer is, I need to talk to. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like. <laughs> You heard it. You heard the whistle blow before the kick even took. I, just and I think it, that's why he put his hands up is because he uh, heard yeah. the, he heard. I just whistle. think it was a poor call. Like yeah. I said, Dew was out of his box, and he, him and Dev, him and Dev both went for the ball. I mean, being a hockey guy, seeing the goalie flopped like that, you're, this is kind of like this is why I watch hockey. Yeah. 
I mean, I get you want I get you want to protect the goal. I get you want to protect players, but he they're, yeah, they're both making a play on the ball. Dev won the fifty fifty. You know, that should have been. I mean, they're both in air. What yeah. are you going to do? I mean, and, and B's and B's just had tough luck. I mean, he had the one shot, just the, the screamer that went right at Dew. You know, didn't even didn't, didn't even have to move. I think if B's had gotten a little bit, there was there was some curve on that ball too, but it went right to him. And then you know, B's forced Dew into a fantastic save, leaping to his right. You know, just full stretch. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was just bad luck for B's. I mean, we could have had goals. You know, it all comes down to kind of running those chances. And hopefully we can do that against Oklahoma City next week. Right. Yeah. And let me, yeah. let me ask you this. Let's, this is a good way to segue into that, but this is just a little comedic hour for us for, her, for a moment. All right, so Josh made a point that the goalie flopped, right? All right, so my question to you guys, this, this is open to everyone in this room, is, you know, and this is in, in the fashion of Mystery Science Theater 3000, what do you think someone says to a person who just flopped like what do you think they're saying right there because you see it on tv there's this look of ill content like what like what do you think he said you knew sandoval said something to him like really bro come on get the bleep up you know i see um, better i see better yeah. acting in pornos like come on <laughs> <laughs> has anybody right. seen frederick do and, and uh, neymar in the same room i haven't so <laughs> what do you think no, just to get the hell up and hurry up with the game. Like, you need to stop wasting your time and acting like a child. We finally saw a yellow card go the other way for time-wasting. Mm-hmm. Finally, you know. Cody had one in the Open Cup, mm-hmm. and outside of that, we haven't seen one given all season long against some of these clubs. Like, there should have been several against Los Dos. There could have been some last night against um, against Orange County for time-wasting, I felt. But, yeah, it's finally got that happening but yeah it's just tough match you know but like i said we got okc another sunday match i believe hey i kind of like it you know sunday afternoon to get the family out to the park um but it's going to be interesting match. last time we played them it was way back in uh where was it way back in june one one yeah. draw Kevon, um devon scored what's the start time on that? five o'clock on sunday Bronco game should be over. Or no, we're Monday Night Football. <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay. So, yeah. Oh, right. man, we're Monday Night Football. Oh, man, I might not be, I might not be here next week, guys. Five, five o'clock. I mean, you won't be missing anything. On I mean, Sunday. it's Bronco Raiders, so I, I'm... But Sunday, man. Week one, right? Yeah, see? Yeah. I, don't know, Chris, I, don't, I don't know if you'll have me here week one. So, Devin scored in the 43rd for us last time, and then Deshaun Brown, who we talked about, First time around is a possible one to watch for. Scored in the 73rd for the equalizer. Um, so, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, DeShorn is still their leading scorer. Uh, OKC is firmly sitting in the top half of the table right now. I believe they are sitting on 37 points. Let me pull that up you real quick. You are correct, sir. So, I mean, their form has been pretty good, at least good enough to keep them above the line. Uh, ours, as we know, has not been. Uh, in their last five, Oklahoma City has gone two, one, and two. Their one loss, of course, being to Fresno, who we know will be in the playoffs. So they've been playing well, um, and it's hard to see them doing anything. But they are, uh, I believe, they are very good at home. Um, I mean, what do you guys think? Do we see? Do do we think Sam will be uh, match fit? Do we think we see someone different? Well, obviously, we still won't have Salih. Right, um, I think we I see I think we see Sam. Um, I think we see him, but again, like that's going to come down to training, right? Obviously, who shows Troy 
you know, that they're part of that uh, chosen 11. Um, but I think we see him, or at least I would like to see him in. Uh, if you remember the first time that we played OKC, that was around the time post-match that Troy told us that he is fine with, or we need to get used to seeing the 1-0, 2-0 victories. And so that's when we started to see this different theme that was starting to set on. Uh, So obviously we know, what was that, like match 15 by that point? So it's maybe been 12 matches since that time that we've seen whether that's been working or not. I mean, we haven't obviously won the majority of those, 1-0 or 2-0 if we want them. So... Um, so obviously that's still probably something he's chasing after. Um, OKC, I think the interesting thing that sticks out to me, Seth, is that they traded a lot with El Paso and they're in a better position than El Paso. And the only reason why I say that is because I thought El Paso made out in those trades each time, it seemed like. Well, I mean, you can make all the trades you want. It's just how do the players perform on the pitch? And why were they even trading with someone they were competing for the same spot with at the time? Maybe a chance to develop players. Maybe, you know, send some guys over to El Paso that, you know, weren't getting a lot of... I mean, I haven't looked too deep into it yet, but, you know, perhaps they, they weren't getting a lot of play, a lot of match time for OKC. You know, get, send them over, give them a chance to play, then let them develop a little bit more, possibly bring them back. Who knows? I mean, not, not that this is a podcast covering those teams, but I think it's an interesting... Thing to consider because now we're playing the team that has these players, and we've seen these players playing for El Paso already. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, how well they've gelled. Uh, I mean, looking at their schedule, they were five, four, and five at home. Three of their four losses at home were to Phoenix, Fresno, and Reno, top Ouch. three on the table. Hey, if you're gonna lose three matches at home, That's you're the gonna, to lose it too. yeah, you you want to lose to the top three play, team, clubs in the in the table. So, so I looked at the seven day forecast in Oklahoma City is projected to be ninety five degrees hmm. in Oklahoma City, and What's they're the about ten feet that? above uh, sea level, so it should uh, play into our favor a little bit with match fitness. Mm-hmm. Nice. So still hot though. Yeah, it's still hot. But it's not San Antonio hot though, right? No, it says sixty five percent humidity. Uh-huh. So. Well, I mean, is there anything you guys want to touch on before we get out of this? I mean, I, I did hit some comments from the nation about the ideal lineups. Do you want to go ahead and cover those now, or do you want to drop them as comments in the fan Q and A section? Uh, let's let's do those in the Q and A section. Okay. Um, so, because I want to, I want to get to uh, our predictions here oh, real quick. Oh, we are like, and, you're, and I, talk, I don't know who was. We're going to talk some EPL here real quick. Um, I mean, let's, we can and we can always put the the lineups out. You know, Tweet them out or something. Put them up on the on the on the, on the site, you know, to show what uh, different folks would like to see. But, but let's, we can definitely touch yeah, on here in a few minutes. Read them a bit. So as far as the matchup goes, what do we think happens? Do, do we go in OKC, take some points on the road? Does OKC win? I mean, what do we think? Right. While we're while I'm we're gonna, talking, I'm going to pull up the five thirty eight. I'm going to try the Josh maneuver this week. <laughs> I'm going to say Oklahoma City wins. Hoping that the United do. Okay. okay. I'm going to say it. In Oklahoma City wins 3-2. Okay. Okay, so 3-2. This All sounds right. like the OC maneuver, because didn't Ray do the same thing? He bet against this club like 5-0? I think so, yeah. <laughs> See, um, it's my maneuver. He stole it first. Like, you can tell him that I said that. I'm sure he might be listening to this episode <laughs> at some point. All right, Alicia, Chris, who, which one do you want to go first? 
I want United to take this win, but I don't think there are going to be many goal scores, so 1 0. 1 0, okay. So maybe it sounds interesting there. Chris, are you going to do the, the Korea maneuver? Ooh, I'm going to say that we get in a draw with these guys because I don't think we fix all our problems in a week. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> so I'm going to say that it's a 2-2 draw. I don't think we fix all of our problems, but I, I think we can you know, bandage them a little bit, work on them, make some progress. 538 has Oklahoma City currently as a 52% chance to win. Uh, chance for us to win, 24. Chance to draw, 24%. So... I mean, we've not been playing well. They are playing pretty well. They've gone up against uh, some other potential playoff contenders. They're looking good. I mean, I, would, I, would, I want us to win. I really do. I think we desperately need some points, at least a point. I'm going to say 1-1 again. So that's what I think is going to happen there. Uh, so that's been our Draw Motors Revved Up recap and our look ahead at Oklahoma City next week. Before we go to our break, let's go take a look like we do each and every week at our Premier League clubs. Just to do a quick rundown of match week four. And Josh is ready to mute Chris over here for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. So let's see. Quick rundown. We'll, we'll hit the league and then we'll do our clubs. Crystal Palace beat Villa 1-0. Leicester beat Bournemouth 3-1. City beat uh, Brighton Hove 4-0. Newcastle and Watford went 1-1. West Ham and defeated Norwich 2-0. Arsenal drew with Tottenham 2-2. Now for our clubs, Chris. United I, I, was, up, I was up at 4.30 in the morning watching say, that match. I'm going to say something to my grandma. I said, are you stupid? No, it was great. I was up... <laughs> Here's the thing that I'm. Here's the thing that I'm happy about in that match. I don't even think my clock has a four thirty. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm happy about in that match, and I got to consider when it comes to my fantasy lineup that I might need to drop one of my other United players and put in Daniel James or pick him up because he has scored again. You picked him up, didn't you? I did. Can I? I can't get him up. <laughs> no, you can't. Okay, you okay. can pick whoever yeah, you yeah. want. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like fantasy, fantasy football. Where you're football stuck. Yeah. So I'm going to grab him because he three out of four matches. Kid is obviously still in the 11. So, yeah, 1-1 one, one with Southampton. Daniel James got the goal. It was a pretty one. Ever, um, United is currently sitting. Where are they? Oh, where, oh, where are they in the table? Oh, there they are. They're sitting at 8. They're sitting at 8. They're not even in the Champions League. Not even currently <laughs> in the Champions League standings. When you <laughs> posted that in the message here, I was just like. Yeah. <laughs> United, Man U has Leicester. Uh, when play resumes after the international yeah. break, what do you think? Lester's sitting up there. Lester's sitting on eight points, two wins, two draws. Ooh, gosh! Let's see. Last week you predicted three well, nil we, win. We yeah, we had lost the <laughs> match before, right? So I mean, it was essentially like I I don't know I. I'm gonna say it's a difficult game. Um, well, yeah, it's Man U. So. No, 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 no. That's not why. That's not why. Because, I mean, that's not why. Leicester. Got, yeah. yeah. Oh. Now, you know what, man? I'm going to say I'm gonna say we get that win. I'm going to say it's 2-1. I'm going to say Daniel James is in the scoreline again. Okay. Um, and I honestly think that uh, 
Mason Greenwood gets in the scoreline too. It opens his account as well. All right. So that's Chris's prediction for the next Manchester United match. It's on September 14th. Chris, Sheffield United, Chelsea 2 2. You mean Josh? Josh. Josh. Sorry, my bad. Josh. (laughs) Chelsea had a 2 0 lead in this one. Yeah, gave we, up two goals in the second half. We pulled a Florida State. <laughs> Couldn't finish. Um, I, uh, did you get a chance to watch it? I mean, I saw I saw Abraham's two goals okay. um, on on highlights. I mean, yeah. I got I got he's Kurt Zuma. Goal differential. Zuma had a fantastic year last year for Everton. This I think is this two own goals for him already on the year. Or I mean, I have to double check that, but he's not been playing well. Like, he what needs to go think? back to you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just missing the Everton blue. Everton blue, you know. Negative uh, three s- goal differential. We're sitting in eleventh right now. Um, it's early. It's way too early to be making. This is like Major League Baseball where you make your tiny little adjustments here and there to see what you got. I mean, the yeah. one the one team I feel sorry for is West Ham because they just lost their best player. Yeah. He's going somewhere else right now, so... Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> come on, West Ham. Nobody talks about hey, West Ham. Hey, that's Mizell's favorite team. Poor guy. He's all about the hammers. <laughs> Josh, Nick. My, my old boss was a West Ham, United, or West Ham fan, and we used to tease him all the time. That's, that, for those of you that don't know anything about you know, English Premier, cheering for West Ham is like cheering for the New York Jets or the Arizona Cardinals. They're the, 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 the little... Redheaded stepsister, you like to smack around during the, the season. So that's that's West Ham United, but they picked up what's what was his name again? Um, uh, Chicharito. Yep, he's gone. Chicharito. Yeah, he so, went yeah. to La Liga with Sevilla. Yeah, that's a tough loss for them. But uh, so next up for Chelsea, they've got Wolves. Wolverhampton. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen in that one? One-one draw. One-one draw. Okay, makes it's sense. I, I get what? It. It's the we, Wolves. We drew with them. Wolves is in the, and we beat them. Wolves is uh, is in Europe this year. Hey, raise your hand They're if you're not... going to the Champions League. Ooh. Okay, but your team yeah. currently lost four 0 to. Raise your Man hand if you're going to the Champions League. It's not the same. Yes, it is. <laughs> Champions so, League, best of the best playing that. Okay, group. first out. Let's let's go to you first so, out. Our group is the easiest. So uh, the wolves English. are wolves are in Europe this year. They're not a bad club. They've had a bad string. It's in one one. One one. All right, one one. Alicia and I believe I think Adri said she was going to go with Liverpool as well. You oh guys are gosh. both uh, bandwagoners over there. We're just oh, no, banned. I, no, no, just no, no! Banned. Don't put me in that category. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Liverpool beat up on Burnley three nil. Uh, obviously, they are still sitting top of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they were, of course, helped out by an own goal from Chris Wood, but uh, Mane and Firmino both got on the on the score sheet. Liverpool looks good. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. They look good. Yeah, they do. And with Alexander-Arnold being on that lineup, I mm-hmm. just feel like it's creating a lot more chances uh, up there with Firmino with Salah and Mane. But with Mane gets taken out, you can tell the frustration in his face because he wants to be out there, but you know, you got to save him. You can't keep playing him. Yeah, you got especially when you've got so much football going on, you've got to mm-hmm. you got to keep your stars fresh. You, you keep your especially your goal scorers, keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overwork them. Next up, when the play resumes, Newcastle United. <laughs> what do you think? I'm gonna go bold here. Four nil. Four nil. What? I think the tunes pull the upset. <laughs> I think you think Newcastle is gonna upset Liverpool. And who did they upset already? Tottenham. But so there that we go. Doesn't really count. <laughs> oh, okay, you, okay, you picked the best team in the league for your first year. Like, come on. 
So, all right. You jump ship with the NFL. Did I pick the best team? No, I well, picked the you, team you, that who was you thought was going to be the best team. I picked the worst team. Ended up being like your kings and just wearing that trash bag. And last but not least, Everton beat Wolves <laughs> 3-2. Fantastic match. you gotta wa- you got to watch it Sunday morning. I thought you guys were going to straight get the clean sheet on that match. Oh, I never called that. What'd you call I said two one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said two one on that. So they, they afforded you an extra. Goal. What what did I say to Chelsea game for us? Uh, you said one the last week. Yeah, I think you said three one. Is it three one or three nil? Is that so. is that your big, big guy voice right there? <laughs> <laughs> Richarlison got on the goal on the score sheet twice for us. Some fantastic goals from here. Alex said Wolby opened his Everton account. Fantastic signing. Loving the action I'm seeing so far, so far from him. Moise Keane made some, got the start. Uh, I, I think we had, a, he had an assist on the day. So, I mean, we're looking good. You know, we, Bruce is not going to want to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i got to give it to Wolves. They looked really good. They did. They did. They looked they look really good. Um, uh, Bowley got sent off in stoppage time in the second half. I think he had a tremendous game. He just made some dumb fouls. Like, he really did. Um but I mean, Jimenez and Saez are, are both top, are both top talents. I mean, they're very good. I, Wolves are not going to be saying that towards the bottom of the table coming in the season. They're not. They're too good. Um, so yeah, I mean, Everton with the win up to sixth in the table, completely level with Arsenal in everything: goals scored, goals allowed, points, everything. But they have us below Arsenal in the standings. At that point, I don't know what the tiebreaker is when you're completely level on everything. But when we come back from the break, we've got Bournemouth. I'm not too... No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I When I heard you say that, I was like, is he not going to talk fantasy? Oh, we're getting there. We're you getting said there. break, and I was like, what? No, no, no. I'm we're just waiting for FIFA 20 break. to come out, so me and Alicia I can too. play. I'm, oh, no, oh, are you going to play? Yeah, I'm going to have to sit on your system. That's yeah, all. no, so, uh, so uh, yeah, I, didn't, I haven't announced this, but uh, US, uh, the U.S. Open Cup Pick'em subreddit has a, has a tournament every year. You, they do have a scoring system, and the winners get prizes. I placed second out of two, uh, near, I, think, I think it was nearly three hundred entrants in the Pick'em tournament. Oh, wow. So I won a fifty dollars Amazon gift card. Nice. So yeah, so right what on, you right. buy me? That's a first wife. I'm FIFA twenty. That's oh, what. What? You're not gonna spend that on your wife? I, I tried. I tried. She wouldn't let me. Okay. So okay. FIFA twenty right. is what I'm gonna be getting. That's a good wife. Are we all PS4s? Uh, every... I'm gonna be on your PS4. system. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, and the New Mexico United subreddit came in ninth out of thirty-eight various subreddits that were represented. So shout out to the, to everyone there. Okay, get some more folks. We only had nine folks playing. We scored and we beat out thirties, uh, almost twenty-seven other subreddits. So just imagine if I was playing, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing <laughs> would happen. I, 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 stuck, I stuck with New Mexico United all the way up until the point where they lost to Minnesota. I didn't have them beating Minnesota. Then, of course, I had Atlanta United winning the whole thing. Which <laughs> you know, I was eleventh going into the into the Open Cup final. So, with with the points I, I picked up from that, jumped up into second. So, anyway, check it out if you haven't. Um, so we've got anyway. Everton's got Bournemouth after the international break. Bournemouth is sitting fifteenth in the table on four points. Um, they lost to Leicester, they lost to City, and they beat Villa. And a tie with Sheffield United. You guys uh, played Villa, right? We played Villa, yeah. Um, I'm going to say we take, uh, we take Bournemouth um, 2 0. Anyone in particular in the scoreline that you could maybe predict? Moise Keane. Okay. Yeah. Moise Keane. He's, he's, he's going to open his account. Like I have, he, he's too talented. Like we, we, he's gotten some good looks. 
um, I, I think he's going to get on the sheet against Bournemouth. I do want to mention to you that Daniel James is my Brucey, just so you know. Yeah? I, I really believe he is. So you brought up fantasy or something, and we'll go through this real quick. So looking at the league that we are a part of, um, let me pull that up. So with this week's uh, point totals, I did jump up from 17th to 16th, but again, I only, I'm only, I've only been in the league for two weeks, and I'm only... 24 points behind You've been here Chris. for three weeks. Two weeks. Yes, because this is this is week four. And you came in a week after I started. So you're in for okay, three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Three weeks, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm only 24 points behind Chris over here. Only, but that's still 24. I, I had the second highest point total in the league this week. 77 <laughs> points. Picked up quite a bit of ground on everybody. Yeah. Uh, I snoozed somewhere because I didn't update some part of my lineup. Yeah. Char yeah. Was, was, and then I didn't get something. So. Yours was not looking good. You know. Well, he got eight points, but he had like a little triangle next So time. I had Vardy and Aguero leading the line, 16 points apiece. James picked me up eight. David Silva with 10. So yeah, good week for me. I think Tyler ended <laughs> up being, friend of the show, Tyler Ortega, ended up beating me out on points. Uh, I think he had 82 points. Yeah, he's sitting so, three. Yeah. I've been watching him. Harry, I think he had Harry Kane in the last match of the week. Picked him up some uh, some points there. So uh, I don't know any of the other people in this group either. But, oh, Quinn. So, yeah, another couple another couple weeks. Like the like the way things are going, I'm gonna be passing Chris over here. Is there? There's only 18 people in this thing, dude. Yeah. Right? So I mean, like you've only climbed two spots. You started off in the last spot. Yeah. So okay. and I've outscored. You every week, right? But so. you're but you're still at the bottom, and that's fine with me. So, like I said, a couple more weeks, I'll be up there. But anyway, that's gonna do it for this segment. We will be right back after this quick break and some words from uh, Doral Motors. Dural Motors is dedicated to providing the ultimate automobile buying experience. Dural Motors is your number one source for buying quality pre-owned vehicles. In addition, we offer a full array of financing options to meet your needs. Visit Dural Motors today at 6701 Lomas Boulevard, Northeast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Or make the phone call to 505-907-9549. Or visit Dural Motors online at DuralMotorsNM.com. Our Secret Strike Podcast. Here are your hosts, Seth and Chris. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Josh. And we're going to jump right into our full-time fan Q&A, brought to you, of course, by Roadrunner Law Firm. Josh has been busy on his phone over here, so it looks like we've got a number of messages sitting there waiting for us. Let's jump right into it. All right. We can't start our show without Egan out in England. Uh, He said, guys, um, it was really hard to watch this as a fan out here. Um, If anybody... 
Could, uh, if you were to bench anybody, who would it be for lack of performance? And I want honest answers. Lack of performance? Um, Dev. I'm there with you. I'm Not for lack Dev. of effort, but for lack of, lack of performance. Like He just he hasn't made the impact that we need him to. I agree. Yeah, I'd have to go with Dev. He comes better off as uh, somebody on the bench than a starting player. I'm benching Tete, man, just because I want him to have more fight in him. And, you know, you can't you can't play every match like on the reactive. All right. <laughs> um, he also said that uh, the English Premier League is too early to call right now. We all know Liverpool and Manchester City are the teams to fight for, but Chris, Man U. Can go. I can't say the last part. But he's here, can go suck it. What's his team again? Reading. He's Liverpool. Oh, I don't have anything to say to you. Yeah, I agree. And he said, Alicia, you are a great girl. Don't let anybody tell you that. Uh, don't let these guys bully you. You picked a winner. You picked a champion. And we will be raising our Liverpool flags together. You go, girl. We'll so. see. Egan, even though you're a Liverpool supporter, you know I agree with you on the Man U comments wholeheartedly. Egan, tell us about <laughs> Everton too in your next your next rant. <laughs> All right, we had Stephanie. Stephanie is of course a, a good listener there in, in San Jose, California. She's saying, guys, guys, what do we what do we need to do? I, I understand you guys were talking earlier in the show about adjustments and things like that. Um, I don't know. To me, watching it out here, um, kind of New Mexico has become the laughing stock of what's been talked about up here with the local podcasts and stuff like that. I know they were talking on last week's show here and for the Sacramento team that the United are no longer feared um, and that uh, this is one of the teams that should be beaten is, uh, is the United um, when everybody comes to play them. How do you guys feel about that? What are your reactions? You guys want to start? Well, with the lineup and not being feared, I think that in the back four, I would change out Yearwood for Padilla. Because if you look at his stats, Padilla is, creates more chances than any other defender on uh, New Mexico United. He's overall number four with, uh, with the other forwards. He has a total of three assists for goals. And in tackles, he has a 70% uh, cha- successful rate of tackles, while Yearwood only has 55%. So I think that's something that should be changed back there. And if we keep him there and take out Sandoval, put him on the bench, put Freder up top, Freder up top and Weehan up top, and keep Guzman and if Sali weren't to have the red card, keep him and Sali in the middle. I think that is one of the strongest lineups there will be. Mm, let's see here. Um, this one's from Anonymous. He said, guys, uh, what about Tyler Ortega with the commentary yesterday? Great job, Tyler. Uh, super proud of you. I know he's not on tonight's show, but will someone just let him know that I think he did an amazing job? Yeah, we'll definitely pass uh, pass that along to Tyler. You know, I, I think Tyler's a listener to the show, so he may he may hear that. But uh, we're all you know uh, linked with Tyler on social media and things like that. We'll pass that along. So yeah, appreciate the appreciate the kind words for him, and you know I, I think it was uh, a great opportunity for him to step up and do that uh, since the the usual USL uh, guys couldn't do it due to the due to Hurricane Dorian out in Florida. So having Tyler and Chris. Uh, you know, be able to do that locally was a was a big thing. So, 
All right. Um, let's see here. This one's also from another anonymous. Um, this one said, um, all right, guys. So question for you is, you guys talked about the fan support out there. Do you guys think Labor Day weekend was a factor in a lot of people out of town? I personally had a conversation about with some United fans. I don't think it was a factor. There's still tons of people in Albuquerque who had a chance to go out there. I don't think Labor Day is an excuse. What do you guys think? No, I, I think it was a good crowd considering it was a, a holiday weekend. Uh, you know, really the last uh, real holiday before you get into in the fall and most folks aren't able to get out of town and you know, the things that we do here in New Mexico, especially like camping and things like that. I, I think it was, it was great, atten- you know, great um, for the crowd to show up. I mean, just under 13,000 um, announced. So I think, I think it was great. I do think the energy level was down a bit. Um, being there, it didn't, just didn't seem to have the same buzz um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased with it. I know the club is as well. So, alrighty. Um, this one is from Chris. He is from Rio Rancho. He says, "Guys, when are you guys gonna give away some free tickets? I listen to your show all the time and never hear <laughs> a free ticket giveaway. What's going on? I know you guys had one a while back. When can I get some tickets from you guys? Because the other Websites and posts are just literally impossible. When are we going to win ourselves some tickets? Let me, let me comment on that. Yeah. So, first and foremost, like I appreciate your question. Uh, as far as winning free tickets, that's not what we're about. Um, it's not something that I, that I envisioned for for this brand when I started it. Um, and then also, it's cool to win free tickets. I mean, Seth had a great idea that we're going to probably look at here soon. As far as some alternatives to free tickets. Uh, everyone is giving away free tickets. Every time I open my social media, someone's giving away free tickets to something that really doesn't need to be given any tickets away to, to start with. But it's cool to see it. You know, I just I don't want to get us caught up in just giving away things just to give away things. But I will tell you this: um, some of the contests that we're trying to do, we're trying to engage our listeners, engage the fans. Um, so look for there to be more substance in the contest we do care about your voice we do want to see the things you post we do want to see your experiences and and that's really going to be the meat and potatoes of the contest that we uh, come out with here soon so uh you know you might see something i couldn't tell you that it's going to be like like every week every week because like again it's really about the content that that we're pushing forward and and, you know the contests when they happen they happen all righty so thank you chris for that all right, guys, this one is from, I'm, I'm trying to pronounce his name, Enriqueno, Enriqueno, I don't know, I don't know, maybe he had a type in, probably Enrique, but it probably came out something uh, different. All right, you guys like talking fantasy soccer, well, here's your chance to prove it. Um, you have to pick four players and a goaltender, any league, any, uh, any uh, player, dead or alive, who are you taking, go. Set. Oh, good question. Um, any player? Four do, players and a goaltender. Four and a goaltender, or four including goaltender. Uh, four and a goaltender. Four and a goaltender. Um, De Gea, uh, like De Gea from like three years ago. <laughs> uh, not De Gea now. Still, give, me, <laughs> give me De Gea from like three years ago. Um, uh, outside of that, I mean, Ronaldo is one. Uh, Pele. And then, um, let's see. Uh, I would want to go with, uh, uh, gosh, it's hard. Um, 
don't know. Uh, let's go, let me see. Who would I want it? I don't know. Like like right now, uh, gosh, it's really hard to, to think about that. Like especially on the fly. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, come, come let's, let's come back. Uh, I'm gonna think of those after. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Think about that. Let's see here. I would go Messi, Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho, um, Fernando Torres back in the day, hmm. uh, and I, I don't know. There's something about uh, Guizman that I really love. I think the guy puts on a heck of a performance. Him or Henry King? I'm not sure. I like King too. I go with Guizman, and then a net. You have to go with, oh man, what was his name from uh, Chelsea? He used to wear the helmet, the little, the little thing that people used to wear. Oh, uh, Petr Cech? Yeah, Petr Cech, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go with him as my goaltender. Yeah. Nice, okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know, for me, I, okay, Maradona. Oh, okay. And then, I don't know, um, Best. Best. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd be a, a lineup there. He said any league. Any, anyone, any league, right? any player, Ooh. dead or alive. All right, I like Zidane. I like I like I like uh, Drogba. Didier, of course. Didier Drogba, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, right? Of course. Um, ooh, uh, what's the like? Um, I like Messi and I like Pele as well. I will piggyback to those selections. And then a keeper. Uh, my, 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 my. Hmm. He's going to say Pickford, watch this. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first one? No, or uh, before. No, nah, I'm going to go with... Oh, man, that's hard. I don't have the name for this guy. Maybe you guys do, but I'd go with the city goalkeeper. Do you know who that is currently? I can pull it up. Yeah. Um, current city keeper. All right. Let's see here. Alicia, who would you? Uh, in that, I'll put Jorge Campos. He's retiring from the Mexican League. I'll hop on with you guys with Pele and Ronaldinho. And I don't know the other two. That's kind of tough. Um, While you're thinking it's uh, more... Morris? Morales? Am I saying that right? Morris? Morris? Okay. I, I'll put in Dybala and. Good pick. I'm going to go with um, Joao Felix. Hmm. All right, there you go. Those are our picks. All righty. <clears throat> Guys, this one's just kind of silly. This was from Anonymous. You're on a soccer team. You have a walkout song. You want to pump up the crowd. You want to pump up your team. What is the song you are choosing? High hopes. Oh. <laughs> are you a Panic at the Disco fan? No, 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 no. Do I need to play the song? Am I thinking the right one? No, you're thinking. Oh. That. You're thinking of that. You're, you're I thought you were talking the about old, the Panic yeah, at the Disco song. High hopes. Yeah. I'll pull that up. <laughs> no, not Panic at the Disco. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay, I'll pull it up. Chris. Ooh. Something to pump up your team and pump up the crowd. Okay. Um, 
Champions by Gideon. Champions by Gideon? Yeah, or Champion by Gideon. Okay. Yeah. I'm classic. I am the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works. I heard that. So here, I'm gonna play you. The, I'm gonna play you this. I gotta one. hear this. Yeah. This is an old Sinatra song. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now? Oh, that's ads. Skip, skip those ads. Yeah, YouTube and ads. How dare you make money? <laughs> How about that? Is that work? My hopes, my friend. Man, I have so many I can go for. Oh, man, but I'm going to go with what I came out with in high school to our song. And that's Down with the Sickness by with yeah. Disturbed. That works. Yeah. It's like the only song that's good by Disturbed. Um, <laughs> that, I, I was thinking that, or my baseball walk-up song was "Backcountry" by Ben Sevenfold. Have you have you heard the story about all these players walking out to Baby Shark now? Oh, have you heard this? No. So there's this article on ESPN that apparently there's a whole bunch of guys who are walking out in the MLB to the the Baby Shark song. <laughs> yeah, I guess one guy started doing it uh, on like a dare, and then like he started hitting, like he went on like a hitting streak, and so he just kept it. And then other players would start doing it too. Yeah. Gosh, Next question. The most annoying song has become right. most popular. Um, this one. Um, alrighty. So, oh, I lost it. Okay. Um, this one is from Derek. He is from Nevada, Las Vegas. He says, "Guys, um, I'm, I'm a uh, lights fan out here. Just wanted to say that I always thought you guys were the toughest, one of the toughest teams in the league. Um, when you guys play us again." Um, I don't know exactly when that is, but what do you guys think the outcome will be? And do you think that the lights um, have a chance at making a playoff run? Wow. Last match of the season? Yeah. I don't know. Let me pull up the standings real quick to see where they That's cool. You're from Nevada. Cool. Yeah. Hey. Appreciate the text, Derek. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. really cool. Thank you for listening in. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the first match, was, I, think, I feel like I was an anomaly. Like, we were coming, it was the middle of the cup run, we didn't have our our, our, start, our typical starters in there. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a much more competitive match next time. Um, it's going to be here, I believe. It's going to be here. It's going to be yeah. here. And they're going to have Para. Yeah. You guys will have Para. He's getting paid um, now, so. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Las Vegas currently sitting on 31 points. Um, I mean... Statistically, you guys are not out of it. Uh, let me look at your remaining schedule to see um, who you've got coming up, and I can give a, give you a better a better idea of what I think then. Corso, Corso, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, the guy makes a living, you know, putting on a hat. So the cursing teams. Let's see. So Vegas has Real, El Paso, Phoenix, Fresno, Austin, Bold, Switchback, San Antonio, Reno, and us. I mean, that's they got a, switchback. Yeah, switchback. That's a brutal way to end the season right there. It really is. I mean... Are they away or home? Which ones? Uh, Reno and San Antonio are at home. Bold is on the road. Uh, Fresno is at home. Phoenix is at home. El Paso is at home. Oh, lucky them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, fortunately for you guys, the, those matches are all... At, most of the matches are at home. But, I mean, 
I don't see you guys getting a win against Phoenix. Hey, the only Fresno. way they're going to get a win against Phoenix is if they somehow have a dollar beer night at their stadium. Did I think I think <laughs> Las Vegas did like a dollar tequila night, and that didn't really work out so well. And I could be wrong. I don't remember the results of that match, but uh, did they run out of tequila? Is that what it was? No, I think I didn't win or something. Oh, at least but, the fans uh, had a good time. Yeah, five dollar Waldos. I mean, I see Phoenix, Fresno, and Reno being really tough matches. I don't think you guys get wins in any of those. Um, I th- you could possibly pull out a, pull out a draw against at Re- against Reno, uh, maybe a win at San Antonio. I mean, bold, you're not, I don't think you're going to win that one either. But I, it's hard to get those points in the It really is. I mean, if you can pick up points at El at El Paso, or uh, Monarchs and Colorado, another nine, I think it puts you in position to possibly be there, but. That's just a brutal back end of the schedule. So. All right. This is going to be this one. This is from Joao. He is from Albuquerque. He is saying, guys, I don't know if you guys have been watching, but the NFL has been teaming up with the uh, some La Liga and some English Premier players on just kind of goofing around saying uh, player it's like a player versus player kind of thing. The NFL players have to do the soccer tricks, and soccer players have to do some NFL tricks. If you were to pick five NFL players to play in soccer, who would you pick and why? So that's a, I hadn't seen that promotion, but they did something similar several years ago where they teamed up with like country artists and things like that. I remember I went to a Kenny Chesney concert out in Atlanta, and she Peyton, Peyton Manning. Sexy. No, but yes, absolutely. Peyton Manning came out and was singing with uh, with Kenny Chesney, and then Kenny had to go out and play football. So it's been done before. I think it's an interesting thing for the NFL to do. We said five players to play. Yeah. I, I, I've been seeing this. They they teamed up with Odell Beckham. They were with oh, yeah, um, that. who who else were they with? They were with uh, two Ravens players. They've been playing with a couple Cardinals players. Like it's pretty cool to see them go around on like the NFL players are just absolutely garbage at kicking the ball. <laughs> I mean, Ocho Cinco. I know he wants to. He's, I think he's actually tried out. Um, he's considered playing soccer. I think Ocho Cinco is one I would want. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think you want guys with height, guys with speed, like Cordell, uh, Cord- uh, Cordell Patterson. Man, I would have um, wanted s- the old slash from back in the day. Yeah, Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart, maybe. Yeah, I think he's. He, I don't think he quite has the the, the agility to do it though. Yeah, even ne- back Neon Dion with the switch. Uh, Dion is one. Yeah, Dion's got the footwork. And he's got. He definitely got the speed. So that, well, there's three. With any NFL player, huh? Yeah, I was thinking today's players. <laughs> well, this, I mean, maybe put someone like uh, you got to have Justin Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Tucker as your keeper. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's tall enough to do it. He's got the leg, right. you know. So that, yeah, there's four, and then I don't know. I would throw in say like Pac-Man Jones or something like, when, when healthy. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, even yeah. Um, uh, Josh Gordon. Okay. Okay. Just, you got that speed on the wings. I feel like I would throw in Hunter Renfro because he has cursed my life in other sport in other competitions. <laughs> Somehow he's still playing all these years, and now he's a Raider, so it's good. So I, work, I like it. Alicia, who do you think you'd throw in there? I don't know. Well, considering how George Kittle was doing last um, last season, I would try to put George Kittle as a keeper. To see it's a how big he body. Would yeah. yeah, it's a big body out there. That's not a bad idea. I would have to go. I'm going to say Larry Fitz. The reason okay. why I choose Fitz is because he actually played high school soccer. Yeah. Um, 
what about Ertz? Maybe his wife is showing him some skills. Ertz. Good call. Ertz. Plaxico. Burris? Who shot himself? Or Keyshawn. You never know. Why are you talking to these old NFL players? Oh. That's right. You're going so Gosh. I heard Joe Flacco had some soccer skills. He'd be... I don't know. He's tall though. He'd be a good keeper. Six six. What's yeah. that old Colts? Old Colts kicker. Vinatieri. Vinatieri. Yeah. I don't know. Like, because we see a couple soccer players go and be NFL kickers. The the Gramatica brothers were soccer players before. Coming that's true. Oh, that's right. That's a whole different game though. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got some. But that's it. Oh yeah, you got some too. Okay. Yeah. All right, so just kind of queuing back, uh, we're going to read some of the comments we got from the New Mexico United Nations. This is in line with Alicia's thought about uh, alternative lineup. So, so Kevin says, uh, I think Sam Hamilton should play a defensive midfield position instead of Estrada. Sandoval should be a sub. Uh, Weehan should be the 9, and Freighter should be the 10. Bruce should play more, and Padilla at, at right back when we need a goal. Daniel Garcia then... Uh, chimed in and said Hamilton and Estrada play in completely different positions don't think you can take one out and put the other in also Weehan is not a forward he can play behind the forward which in his opinion is his ideal position but not as a number nine he agrees with Padilla's with the Padilla comment Bruce brings energy but doesn't think that he's quality enough to start um who else I, di- I, I disagree with that just Bruce he's a rookie like I, I think he's definitely talented enough, but he could be starting for a number of other clubs right now. So, so Kevin chimes in. Um, Hamilton is listed as a defender, but I think for our team, his speed and size is needed at a defensive midfield position. I think we should play in a three-five-one-one. So they offered a formation uh, to limit the transition goals, as they seem to be what's crushing us. Um, and then Daniel later comes back and says, I, I think, uh, he says, so who are you taking out for Hamilton or Guzman? Because he is a defensive mid- midfielder. And of course he says, I think Guzman is the better offensive player than Estrada, although yesterday he was terrible. Um, the last thing Kevin really says is like, I also don't think we should wait until the 70th minute to sub if we are down. Um, the other thing that we threw out there, or that I threw out there was, Players of the match, right? We know that Star Brothers pick Rashid Tete, mm-hmm. and I asked them, you know, if there could be a second player. Is there anyone else out there that they might throw out there as an option? Um, all the posts come out to. So Jacob says no one stood out. It was pretty bad effort all around. Tete played well, but had lapses like everyone else. The real star of the match was the weather, heat, and then two long delays. Um, Daniel says, not that I think Rashid has stepped up in Hamilton's absence, but I firmly believe Rashid is a much better player than Hamilton. And then lastly, Robert says, Rosh was solid. The two defensive letdowns were by a forward and a midfielder. So that's going to do all the comments we've got on the nation in regards to some subjects. Yeah, appreciate all those comments you guys said. And keep them coming. Uh, I definitely want to hear what you guys think. So uh, that's going to do it for us for the full-time fan Q&A brought to you by Roadrunner Law Firm. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after these words from Roadrunner Law Firm.
Where's the call, ref? Yeah, that should have been a yellow. They just never seem to get it right. <sighs> and the game continues. If you have been hurt or injured by someone, you deserve the right call. Roadrunner Law Firm specializes in personal injury cases and wants you to get the right call. Raise up a yellow card if you've lost a loved one due to wrongful death, been in a car or motorcycle accident, been hurt by a drunk driver, or been hurt due to negligence of others. If the right call was not made, we'd like to hear from you. the We Are Secret Strike Podcast. Here are your hosts, Seth and Chris. Thanks, Josh. We are back. And we're going to jump right into our last segment of the show. Uh, Adria, of course, is not with us this week, but I know that the Lobo women were part of uh, the Husky Invitational uh, over the over the weekend. Chris, I mean, what happened? It doesn't look like we had some favorable... It doesn't look like favorable results. Yeah, the, uh, the women played uh, Portland Pilots... And then they also had played uh, University of Washington Pilots. They lost 1-0. Um, and then with the Washington, they lost uh, 2-1. And they were down 2-0, and it came back and split the, the, the deficit by one. Leilani Baker scored uh, in that match. Uh, the Pilots match was interesting. That was the same night as uh, the LAFC match. And uh, with that one, they were very aggressive. They had a lot of chances in that match, um, but they just could not convert uh, their chances. I mean, they had eight shots on frame, or sorry, eight shots that night, five on frame. They had three corners. So, I mean, they had all the numbers going in their favor, but uh, Pilots got that, that goal in, and it just kind of sat and just kind of shut that game down. And then Washington came out and just kind of was the better team. Washington had a... Pretty stout lead on North Carolina, who's a ranked uh, a ranked team, and North Carolina came back and pulled it out on them. So, uh, so right now, I mean, you're looking at two losses on the road for the Lobo women, and they play. Um, was it this Thursday? This Thursday uh, against Oregon State, it's their third match on the road. I believe they're still definitely trying to find their rhythm on the road as well, considering the the good start they've had at home. Yeah, it looks like they've actually got two more matches coming up this week before we record uh, again on Monday. So Thursday night, uh, 8 p.m., they take on Oregon State University up in Corvallis. And then on Sunday the 8th, they play uh, Portland State University. And that will be broadcast on Pluto TV. I don't know if anyone's ever used that or not. But according to the Lobo women's schedule, that's, uh, they will be televised on Pluto TV before they come back to town. Um, I mean, yeah, tough start to the season that we had. That we had the win over Texas Tech, which was big for them. And then knocked Texas Tech out of the rankings right away. And two losses on the road. Always a tough way to start the season. It looks like they won't be back into town until uh, the fifteenth. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you can uh, check out the streams uh, online, support the Lobo Women's Soccer Club, uh, show them what they mean to the community here. Um, Alicia, you, you're here tonight. Uh, what's going on in 
high school soccer, anything has the season kicked off? I don't know much about that local high yeah, school scene. Yeah, so last Monday, uh, it was the start of Metro. Metro is a little tournament before actual season kicks in before state. And right now, the, t- the key teams to be looking at probably for a state win would be Cibola, Albuquerque Academy, Cleveland, and La Cueva. And it's funny because they always say if you win Metro, you don't win state. So let's see if that curse can be broken this year. Who's your favorite to come out of it? Uh, I think La Cueva might take Metro this year. Okay. Yeah. Any particular reason? Uh, is La Cueva a big soccer school here? In- yes, they are one of the best uh, schools um, for the girls' soccer. It's either between La Cueva, Sandia, and Cibola okay. that always end up taking state. Two mm-hmm. words I'm sick of. La Cueva. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you went to a rival school. Yeah, every no, I went to West Mesa, but every year it was La Cueva football, basketball, soccer, baseball. It was just they have the money. They have they have what it takes to. Mm-hmm. It's like academy. Everybody hates academy. Everybody hates La Cueva because they have the money to do all this stuff. Even though you know playing baseball against Jordan Pacheco. He sent my baseball 358 feet the wrong way, but yeah. I was just like honored because I knew that guy was going to go play pro ball. So I was like, oh, yeah. But every time we played him in football, oh my gosh! Did you I, go retrieve that ball? Have I did. Sign it? I did. I went to no, he didn't sign it though. But I went to. <laughs> it still sits at home. It sits on a little trophy case. This ball was hit 358 feet the wrong way. So, <laughs> and then like uh, playing football against him, uh, we were laughing because one year they got. Uh, I guess a cheerleader was dating a quarterback or something, and they broke up. She put weed in the brownies, and they got drug tested the next week. Nice. And they got caught. That was a big scandal with Albuquerque, but I was laughing. My head. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't date chicks that do that, especially on game week. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, um, But uh, boys soccer, who's the biggest? Uh, boys soccer, let me pull that up right away. Because I know Albuquerque. Poly Academy. Pius, I know, always has a good squad. And Atrisco always has a good squad, too. Okay. And I also found out that um, the Lobo men's soccer coach, a former, he is now the coach for the Albuquerque High girls. Yeah, and he coached right. his daughter? Yeah, his daughter. Okay. He said he's going to be there until both of his daughters graduate. That's very cool. We have to pay attention to fish flying there. Yeah. So, um, I, I was going to ask another question, but I, I, I lost it there. Um, I... I Quick shout out to Bob Davy though. Me. Yeah, Bob Davy. Heard he got. He went to the hospital. Yeah. Quick shout out to Ian McDermott because he's like going to be in Star Wars Nine. Yep. Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. So for the boys, it's looking like Albuquerque High, Cleveland, Rio Rancho, and La Cueva. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, So one last thing, I threw it on here last minute. Carabao Cup, for those of you that don't know, it's similar to the Open Cup here in the States. Uh, Carabao Cup is the... Sorry, is the, I thought you said Care Bear Cup. <laughs> right? Care Bear Cup? I don't know. I don't think, I think it's quite that. But uh, I need to go home. Carabao Cup is the Tier 1 through 4 soccer tournament in England. Um, so all of our clubs advanced from the most recent round. Uh, honestly, there was one big surprise for me. Sunderland, who is currently in the EFL League 1, beat Premier League side Burnley 3-1 to advance to the next round. And they did announce the fixtures almost immediately after the round ended. 
So coming up in just a few weeks, Chelsea does not have their opponent yet. It'll be the winner of the Macclesfield Town and Grimsby Town match, which is on Tuesday the 10th. Um, but looking at who our clubs play, uh, Everton plays game. Sheffield Wednesday. That's going to be oh, interesting. Yes. Sheffield Wednesday is a very good club. Um, Chelsea, we just talked about. Liverpool is going to take on MK Dons. That should be a good, an interesting match. I think mm-hmm. Liverpool's obviously going to take it, mm-hmm. but MK Dons is a, is, a, is a good program over there. And Sunderland gets a Premier League side, Sheffield United, and then Man U gets Rochdale. So... Look for the upset in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. I mean, unless Ole puts you know his, his his typical lineup out there to try to get them some sort of goals on the season. I mean, Rashford, someone's got to step up. But we'll be we'll be fine, man. We'll so be fine. <laughs> that that's all I've got this week. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add before we close out the show? No. No. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. So yeah, a, a huge shout out again to. Um, uh, Dylan and Ray and Alan, the guys over at the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, were having Chris and I on last week, and and uh, Dylan for working with me on a couple different articles that went up this past week. I uh, appreciate you guys working with us. Uh, we enjoyed it. So let's get out of here, guys. We're running out of time. Um, our show, of course, would not be possible without our sponsors. We want to give a huge thank you to both Throughout Motors and Roadrunner Law Firm for their continued support. And if you're here in the metro area or really anywhere and you're interested in teaming up with us and supporting what we do here at Seek and Strike, uh, you can email us at seekandstrikecollective at gmail.com. Listen to all previous episodes of We Are Seek and Strike podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. If you hear something you like, please consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Please leave us an episode review on Apple Podcasts. We thrive from feedback. For all of our Seek and Strike Collective social media tags, uh, you can check out our website at seekandstrikecollective.com. All righty, guys. It's time for us to get out of here. You guys enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. We will see you guys next right here next Monday on We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Yeah.